Too many people take actions on their goals, but don't take actions on their actions. Sounds interesting? Well, today's guest is Will Poston, and that was a quote that he mentioned on the show. You're going to love the show. It's full of gents. Uh, Will Poston is a mindset coach that I met back at Clubhouse and brought on the app, basically brought him on the podcast to talk about the spiritual journey as entrepreneurs, how to basically get clarity, take actions on our goals, and then later manifest those uh, things into our lives. And um, we just talked about so many different exercises that you can do in order to uh, achieve all that and basically go through your own spiritual journey. I think we're all kind of like on this, on this uh, path to success, right? And we want to achieve success in all areas of our life and also build our business, build our audience, build our influence, our impact in the world. So Will is just amazing. He gave so much, so much insights into everything um, that I just mentioned. And um, if you enjoy this episode, everybody, just remember to please tag us on socials or send us a DM. Will is at Will Pulston. I am at Sagi Schreiber and the show is at commit.first on Instagram. Um, and make sure to follow us on Clubhouse. Everybody enjoy this episode. All right. So what's up, everyone? Welcome to another show, another episode of the Commit First podcast. And today we got Will Poston with us here. Will, what's up? Hey, how you doing? All good, man. All good. And I, um, I'm waiting to dive in to talk to you about what you're doing. It's pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, um, I think the matter of mindset is one of the things that beginning entrepreneurs, I think also like advanced entrepreneurs, I can say, like I'm looking at myself as not advanced, but not a beginner anymore. So it's kind of like mindset is still something I deal with on a daily basis. I guess all of us, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, I kind of see it like levels, you know, the, the, the mindset shifts that you need when you're starting out or the mindset you need when you're starting out are different to the mindset you need when you're sort of in the middle of your journey and the mindset you need as you're more advanced. It's different, mm-hmm. but at the same, at the same point, whatever, it, whatever the endeavor is, whether it's an entrepreneurial endeavor or whatever, yeah, there's a mindset that comes into it. And I, and I believe that mindset of success, however you define success, mindset is 80% and the skills and the mechanics are 20% of that. I can definitely refer to like, agree with that. I also tell my people, um, I run uh, a UI UX course, uh, like a big one here in Israel. And I always tell my students like, this is all about UI UX, but I have one lesson at the end about mindset. And I'm telling them, listen, like we could learn design like for years, but it doesn't freaking matter. If you don't have the mindset in place, you're not going to succeed no matter what. Um, so just to kind of distill mindset, right? Um, what, what is mindset for you? What does it mean? So for, for me, mindset is just an established set of attitudes or beliefs. And obviously the, the thing that most people don't realize is that beliefs that they have for them are what they perceive to be facts, but they're not. You know, if you take the right. word belief, you know, right in the middle, there's a three letter word called lie, you know, mm-hmm. and, and lo- for a lot of us, they're, they're mm-hmm. lies that we've been taught or that we've even taught ourselves because of a particular perception that we had at the time. Um, and if you don't challenge those beliefs and you don't challenge those attitudes, then you will continue to be in that same mindset. It's like that perpetual motion. You, you're in a pattern and that pattern just keeps running for as long as you have that set of beliefs. So one of the things that I love to do to my clients is challenge their beliefs, challenge 
their uh, attitudes mm-hmm. uh, to enable them to create new ways of seeing things. I love that. I mean, I first of all, the, the fact that you have the word lie inside the word belief, I love this kind of like, uh, you know, um, those games that people find the hidden meanings inside, it's amazing. Um, and um, the thing about myself, and I can only refer to myself, I can't really talk about my audience uh, and people that are listening or watching this on YouTube, then I know that for me, it's always difficult to fight beliefs. Um, and also sometimes for me, I can say it's even difficult to find the belief. It's kind of like, I know I can be successful like as much as I want, like there's no limits. I already know that as a fact, I've been in the game for like, especially in really in the game for like three years, um, building my, my mindset and, and uh, mental toughness and, and my, my business and all areas of life as well. I've been working on everything and I'm like, I know the beliefs are true in a way. I know I don't have a glass ceiling and yet sometimes I really struggle. I'm like, can I really do this? You know, like, can I, can I, can I actually pull this off? Or then it's a matter of clarity. Sometimes it comes back to clarity. It's like, wait, so if I'm believing I can do anything I want and I'm not sure that maybe I can do this, it's maybe it's because I don't want to do it. Maybe. And then kind of like my mind playing is playing games with me. Yeah, it's interesting. So you you mentioned the word clarity, right? So my whole coaching philosophy is built on three core things, Mm -hmm. Um, clarity, action, accountability. And one of the things that I've been very good at for many, many years now (laughs) is taking really complex subjects or whatever it is and the sealing it down and making it very very simple and i've done nearly four thousand hours of one-on-one coaching alone let alone all the speaking and group work that i've done and what, what i've realized is that there's a number of patterns and the patterns that i see are very simple the people that are stressed overwhelmed frustrated depressed anxious unfulfilled experience any of those negative emotions what i call the rift symptoms is because of one thing And that one thing is that they're incongruent. And what I mean by incongruent is their actions and intentions are not aligned. If your actions and intentions are not aligned, you're going to experience these symptoms. A bit like if you have a tracking on a a car, if the tracking's out, then the tires are going to wear out quicker. The cars aren't going to be as fuel efficient. You're going to have a really bumpy journey as you're driving along. But clarity what you've just said there, it enables that to, to, to dissolve because clarity creates certainty, certainty creates confidence. And right. when people are taking action, they think is the right action and it's not, then there's some telltale clues that, that we can get in the language that people use. The first is their, their symptoms that they're feeling because they feel sort of a bit out of sort. Yeah. Um, but the second is the language that they're using, which indicates whether they are doing what they, they really want to be doing or not. I love that. I mean, also, you just mentioned your three pillars are this. I'll tell you, my three pillars are exactly the same. Um, right. it's, it's vision, action, direction. And direction is accountability. Vision is clarity, obviously. So it's the same thing. It's amazing. Um, and um, so let's, you know what, let's go into this because I think it's kind of like interesting to go down, down that route. I don't know how many people have heard me talk about the vision, action, direction besides some workshops. Um, but um I want to talk about your kind of like clarity and action and, um, and, and accountability. So yeah. first of all is, is clarity. And we talked a bit about that, but, but how does it come like tangibly? I, I can say for a lot of people and a lot of people I talk to as well as my clients and also some of what I'm, I'm doing is I'm trying to shift from one field of what I've done in the past 10 years to something new. 
Yeah. Right. So a lot of people are making that shift. So there's like what the world wants you to do and what you want to do in the world. And interesting. Yeah. So the way that this, so what you, what you just touched on there for me is the difference between inspiration and motivation. So if people want to um, live a life that's on their terms and have the most fulfillment and be at harmony and peace as they're working through their journey, then they want to be operating out of their own values, which is inspiration. So when you're living aligned to your own values, you're in inspiration. Now take the word inspiration, in spirit. What's another word for spirit? Energy. So you're in your energy. It's where you you can be doing what you want to be doing. You feel, you feel infused and energized and it's great. When you constantly require external motivation, so you need that person giving you a kick up the backside to do what needs to be done, you're not living to your values. You're living to someone else's values that have either been injected or projected into you. And they could have been for decades ago with your parents or teachers or grandparents or some sort of authority figure um, that, that's saying that you want to do it. And the clues are in the language you use. So if you're saying things like, I have to, I ought to, I should, I need to, that's an indication that you're living to someone else's face. So I ought to do this. I should do this. I, I have to do it. Whereas if you're using language like um, I love to, I choose to, I desire to, yeah. then that's language that indicates that you're living in your own values. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, by the way, one of the first things ever, like three years ago when I started working with my first coach um, and I said, man, I gotta, you know, I have to uh, do this thing for my client. And he was like, no, 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 no. You get to do this thing for your client. Start changing your language, Sagi. And I'm like, wow, really? That makes sense, you know? Um, yeah, so, change, change your got to's to get to's. Yeah. It's powerful. Definitely. So, um, but again, going to that thing, you know, a lot of people are, are family men. And that, that was my situation, you know, with a family man. Um, I didn't have any other means to, um, to make a living out of just, you know, just getting clients, right? And uh, it's design. I'm, I'm, I'm a designer. So um, I couldn't really start my new, um, my new community back then. Um, and I was like, I also need to kind of prove myself that I can actually get to a, a certain level of revenue for me to also kind of be able to coach others, you know, to tell them, hey, you can do this as well. I, I can't be just, I will feel kind of like a, a cheat if I do this, if I build a business off of telling people how to build a business, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, um, so I, I needed to kind of work in what I had to, right? If I'm looking at it that way, but I'm looking, if I, I can also look at it as, you know, I'm building myself and everything like that, but no matter how you spin it, you have to do this because you have to provide for your family. You're already in previous commitments, right? Um, and then you get to do whatever you want to, whatever else you want to do. So again, maybe it's the mindset of how you look at things. Yeah. I mean, I, I would still say that when you're saying I'm, I'm a family man, I need to provide for my family, I would still say you get to do that. Right. You know? And, and yeah. it's, it's still a choice. And what, what's really interesting is that we, we talk about gratitude, right? And, and, and most people, when they think of gratitude, it's saying, thank you for the things that are good in their life. But that's one type of gratitude. The most powerful type of gratitude is when you get to be grateful for the things that aren't the way that you want them to be. Because that's true alchemy. When you can turn coal into gold by just changing your perspective, that's when you're, you're really in, in um, a powerful position. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think I'm getting you, but can you elaborate? So, so let's say, for example, um, you've got something that isn't going the way that you want it to go, right? Mm -hmm. it, is, it isn't being, um, 
it isn't being beneficial. I, but, I have, I'll even give you an example. Sorry for cutting you in. Yeah, sure. I'm just, I, I have a friend, she just got divorced, right? Yeah. And she's like, she's, she's miserable about it in a way, but she's now, you know, she's getting to be there with her family, with her, with her kids. Um, yeah. And now she gets to decide how to move on next. Perfect. So let, let's use this exact example. I've used this example with many, many people many, many times. Mm -hmm. When, so, so if she's saying she's getting really down and, and let's talk about sort of the, the real depths of down when people have feelings of depression, right? Nobody has depression. They only have feelings of depression, right? You mm -hmm. have a hat and glasses on. If I said, give me your hat and glasses, you go, hey, Will, there you go. Like, obviously, yeah. you're, you're, you're where you are. I'm where I am. You can't quite do that. But if, yeah. if we were in person, we could do that. If, if, right. if you said, I have depression, I'd say, give me your depression. You can't. You can't mm -hmm. give it to me. So it's feelings of depression. That's the first yeah. thing. So she's got feelings of sadness. Now, what we then need to establish is, well, how is the divorce serving her? And a lot of people go, well, there's no way it's serving me. It's ridiculous. It's not serving me. But that it will be serving, but they just haven't seen where yet. So this comes back to the clarity piece. Mm -hmm. If you get clear on where it's serving you, then you can get to equilibrium. The best way I can describe it is imagine balance scales, you know, like the balance weight yep. scales that you balance. If I, if I put a brick on one of those balance scales and I put a grain of sand on the other, then that brick is going to weigh more than that grain of sand. But if I keep adding grains of sand, eventually we're going to be at equilibrium. We're going to be at balance. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do is we need to go, well, what are the grains of sand? And the grains of sand are all the micro little things to be grateful for. So the way that we do that is we start by identifying what are your, your um, or the, the individuals to your friend, what are their highest values? Mm -hmm. So what are the things that they value most? What are the things that are most important to them? And there's a particular process that you go through to identify that. Um, the best way of doing it on the planet I've come across is known as the Demartini values determination process. It's actually free, you just Google it. You can go and do it and you find out your values. Um, so you do that. Then when you know your top four values, you look in those values and say, right, well, how has this divorce served my highest values? And you pick one to start off with. So right, I'm going to find one benefit, right? One tiny benefit. Then that benefit is what we call the primary benefit. Then we go, well, what's the benefit of that benefit? Mm -hmm. That's what we call the secondary. So we're going deeper. And then what's the benefit of that benefit? That's the tertiary benefit. So although there's three benefits, they're not equal in weight. So again, using our balance scales again, we've got one small grain of sand, then a bigger grain of sand, then an even bigger grain of sand as we've gone deeper. You do that five times for each of your top five values, but then do primary, secondary, and tertiary. All of a sudden, you've got 60 benefits, 60 grains of sand on your balance scales that started to create um, a, a counter. And what people do is start going, oh, yeah, I didn't see it like that. Oh, yeah, I never thought of it like that before. And all of a sudden, they have this shift. Can you, can you give me an example of like those, you know, value to benefit, to benefit, to benefit? Yeah. So um, let me, I'll, I'll use a personal example, right? I'll use a personal example rather than, rather than use other people's examples. A personal example was a few years ago, I, I put on a big event and the event that I ran. So I, I run lots of events, but I put on this big, big multi-speaker event in London and it was a financial disaster for numerous reasons. And it cost me a lot of money. I lost well over six figures just on that event alone. Um, and I, I was really beating myself up. It meant that we had like, there was debt that was involved and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I did the work around this to get myself back to balance on it. And 
the way that I got myself back to balance on it was by going, right, my highest value is self-mastery. What, how has this event taught me about self-mastery? Well, I had to learn more about resilience, right? I had to learn more about um, managing finances. I had to learn more about marketing. I had to learn more about um, uh, what I would call cash flow management. You know, all these different things that I had to learn. I had to learn how to control my emotions in a better way. I had, to con- I had to learn and go deeper than I'd ever been before in terms of really understanding why I did what I do. So that was a self-mastery piece. Now you go, well, what's the benefit of me learning about cash flow management? Well, the benefit of me learning about cash flow management is I've got clearer optics and it's not going to happen again. The benefit of that means that I can have more confidence as we grow our business so that I'm an even stronger business in the future, right? So that's just okay. one, one example. You keep going round and you're looking in those, those key areas um, to, to you get to the point where you, you, you just have these, these moments where you go, I, I get it. You know, I, I understand. Um, and some beautiful stuff can happen on the back of that. Nice, man. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for the example. I think um, also I love hearing about other people's, you know, um, in a way failures as well. I mean, we are all business people, but we all have our downs, right? We all have our lows. We all have our screw ups. Um, there's a series of uh, talks. I don't know if you know it. It's called Fuck Up Nights. Do you know that? No, I've not seen it. No. <laughs> Maybe they're all over, all over the world. Um, like in every main city, there's like one event that is being thrown off every once in a while. Obviously not with COVID, but now it's online. Um, it's called Fuck Up Nights and they invite people to, to like entrepreneurs to tell about their fuck ups and how, what they learned from it. So um, it's great. You hear all these amazing stories of people like losing like sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars for you know, a stupid mistake. And then they're like, okay, now you know, I really had to deal with it. You know, what's the mindset around that? How did they prevail? And Anyways, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think everybody needs to deal with their own mindset every once in a while. And it's a great kind of exercise that you gave. So thank you. Um, And so now that we kind of like have done this, thinking about what we get to do, right? Because we now know the benefits and everything. We have like, um, you know, the the brick within the grain of sand, the the bag of sand and um, we have everything ready. Um, what's the next step? So, well, the, the first step around, cl- so yeah, so clearing your, 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 what I call your baggage, you know, it's like, if, if I'm going to go and if I'm going to go running, you know, I, I don't want to be, have a ball and chain around my legs. I don't want to be carrying extra baggage. I want to make myself as light as right. possible so I can do it. So yeah, dropping all the baggage, but I, I'm a huge believer in creating what I call a North star. So for me, a North Star is a guiding light. You know, for Millennium, we've used the North Star as a guiding light to help us get to places. There's a very famous story um, involving a, a baby in December that no doubt you've heard of, uh, where three men used a, a North Star to, to find him. And mm-hmm. the, um, the 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 whole thing around um, that is the North Star is a goal that's so big that you never achieve it within your lifetime. And the reason why I, I, I'm a big believer of getting my clients to do that is that it means that they can detach from the outcome, right? So most people have what I call when then syndrome. When this happens, then I'll be happy, right? As yeah, right, right. And 
the the downside to that is that even if they set goals and they achieve goals, they set a short-term goal, they achieve it. They set a short-term goal, they achieve it. They set a short-term goal, they achieve it. After they've done that four or five times, they're like, really? Is this it? You know, like <laughs> yeah. what what now? And they're, they're on this 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 treadmill just going nowhere. Whereas when we create an ultimate goal, North Star, we can reverse engineer that. 10-year, 5-year, 3-year, 1-year, 90-day Napoleon Hill spoke about having the chief aim. Aristotle spoke about having a telos. You know, for me, the North Star is exactly that. So we reverse engineer that. So then we've got clear clarity on our trajectory. So we know where we are. We know where we want to go. We've cleared our baggage. Now we're focused on what's the process. And that's where we start taking intelligent action. So clarity, intelligent action, accountability. The intelligent action is action that's aligned with your goals, your North Star trajectory, and your values. Mm -hmm. So then you, then, you know, you can be acting congruently. Got it. So um, if you can you give us a few examples of North Stars, maybe? Yeah. So my, my North Star is a, is a vision or where a world where everyone has the mindset, skills and network to be able to transform excuses into results and live a life that they love. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that within my lifetime, everyone in the world is going to have all of those skills, that mindset and that network to do those things. But I just imagine, you know, you know yourself. The, the power of like the, the amount of things that you can do now with the, the, the skills that you've got, the mindset you've got and the network that you have. And that's however many years into your entrepreneurial journey. Imagine if everyone had that, you know, and that there wasn't this. So for me, it's like a, a big, big picture that I may never achieve within my lifetime. So it's, it's a, a dream goal that impacts other people mm -hmm. um, in, in a way that just fires you up and, and fills you um, with energy. Got it. I mean, uh, you're, you're imagining a, you said a world where people, you know, are in, in some case. So the North star is not specifically about you. It's about the world you want the uh, uh, ultimately for, for me personally. And I, I do this work with my clients a lot. I, I did a TEDx talk called it's not about you. And I, I truly believe that you get to a point in your life where you serve yourself and I get it right. We, we get to a point where we serve ourselves like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and stuff, but then it gets to a point where it actually becomes about other people. Mm -hmm. You know, what is the impact that I, what, how can I be a catalyst to leave the world in a better place at my workshops? I, I do this seven question process. And the last question I ask people going, having gone through this process is what, when you leave this planet, like when you die, if you imagine it's the last day of your life, what's the one thing you've done to make this world a, a better place. And no one ever says, I did this for me. You know, everyone says, I did this for this group of people. Or, I did yeah. this for the environment. I did. It's always about something bigger than them. Mm -hmm. And that, that's where I think it, it becomes really powerful. When you've got that, that drive to do something that's bigger than you, that becomes your leverage. Nice. I think, yeah, I totally get it. And, um, and so once they now have that North Star, now it's about reaping back, right? Just like reverse engineering in a way, how you get there. Yeah. So what's like one exercise that you do with your clients maybe that we can give everybody right now? Sure. So um, it, with regards to reverse engineering specifically? I'm talking about like, um, so I tell you my example. Like I, um, I usually do with my clients like a 10-year, kind of like yep. let's imagine 10 years, then let's do two years, then let's do six months. And we work by six month periods, okay. visions. So yeah, so I, I do very similar. So we do North Star, 10 year, five year, three year, one year, 90 days. I call them 90 day wow. sprints. 
Okay. And then on that 90 day, we have what's the one priority. Cause there'll be one thing. Cause when I create goals with people, it's not, we, we cover all the eight key areas of life. So their goals, their North star 10 year, five year, three year, they're all health and fitness goals, family life, relationships, social life, mm -hmm. attitude, business or career finances. And then what I call bucket list sort of personal growth goals. So it's all of those things. Then we have 90 day sprints. What's the one thing that's most important. Then we have 30 day goals, then fortnightly actions. So what are the, the actions? So goals are goals, right? That's an outcome. But what is what is the action? What's the doing thing right. that's getting done? So we break right. it down really in, in a granular way. So then there, it's like the whole, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time type thing? You know, what's the bite yeah. I'm taking to avoid the overwhelm and avoid right. the procrastination as well? You know, I, I believe right. that procrastination more often than not comes as a result of lack of clarity. You know, people don't have that you, you mentioned direction, you know, they've, they've got lots of things to do. They don't know what one to do first. Well, mm -hmm. if you know exactly what your, your, your check marks are within a year, uh, a month, 90 days, whatever, then it makes it much easier to break down what you need to do as the very next action. Yeah. I totally feel you on this. I'm looks, I mean, man, I'm so on one hand, I can say I am coaching people through this, right? So I have, I had mastermind groups. I, I have private coaching clients where I'm, really about this right and sometimes i'm just i'm always trying not sometimes all, all the time i'm trying to uh improve my own uh methodology you know and around this because sometimes i come across areas of my business where i'm like hmm i mean in this specific period i know what my main goal is for let's say you know you could call it the 90 day sprint i know kind of like what my main goal is for the 90 day sprint but as a creative I always tend to go with, you know, my passions, my drive, you know, the things that kind of like move me um, spiritually, which I see as my, my, uh, my fuel tank, you know, and, and then I'm like, okay, so I'll just put like one day a week for that, you know, <laughs> and the rest of the, the week I'm going to put for the, that thing. But then I'm saying all of a sudden I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I don't, it, it clashes. I don't want to work on that thing that I said, I'll work four days a week. And sometimes I go for that one day, uh, a week, you know, more than one day a week, but sometimes I don't even have time for that one day a week or whatever I said I want to do. And then I'm like, so clarity, yes, the things I know I need to do, right, or I want to do, they are there. But then there are the, I guess, I, I wouldn't even say it's lack of productivity as much as it is just um, kind of getting lost, you know, in between. Yeah, sure. So what you just said there, so this is what one of my mantras that I install into my clients is this, it needs to be done. But I don't need to do it. And there'll be certain things So you mentioned your four days a week, right? So if you if you want to be doing the things that you want to be doing one day a week, but you're having to do something else four days a week, then I would argue that it's the, the other way around, you know, is that you, you, you'll kind of want to flip it. Um, and again, I'm not, not that we, this is just a conversation. I'm not here coaching you through it, but the, the, the thing would be is that if we flip that, because the thing that you, like you said, the thing that you feel most spiritually aligned with, and this again, spiritually is that what you're in the most, at the most harmony with, you know, when you feel like you're in flow state. Yeah. So therefore you want that thing to be the majority. So for me personally, in, in this particular business, the things that I love doing is coaching, speaking, creating content, building relationships. So everything else for the, the, the best part that I can is delegated out so that I get to focus on those things that I love. Yeah. 
Are there times when I have to roll my sleeves up and do stuff that I don't particularly want to do? Of course there are, right? I'm a realist, but it's not about me spending the majority of my time doing it. I, I talk about the um, when it comes to time mastery. So I don't believe in time management. I think there's no such thing as time management. What exists is priority management. Right. So we, we manage our priorities and there's four time zones that we spend our time in. There's a dimension of delusion, the dimension of um, distraction, the dimension of demand and the dimension of fulfillment. I, I strive to spend as much sort of 60, 70% plus in the dimension of fulfillment and then obviously the bit the rest is spread out a bit as so but if, if that that if that percentage of time is not being if you're someone that when you do this check-in and again something i do with my clients is if you were to ask yourself in those areas what percentage of time are you spending in each of them in any typical working week it will give you clarity on some changes that you need to make so the dimension of delusion i'm sorry dimension of distraction are things that are not important and not urgent the dimension of delusion is things that are urgent, but not important. No, sorry. Uh, yeah, urgent, but not important. The dimension of demand is things that are urgent and important. And you know you're in the dimension of demand because you're stressed. You know, as soon as I meet someone, they go, I'm so stressed with work or so much, or not just work, but I'm so stressed. I know they're spending too much time in the dimension of demand. And then dimension of fulfillment is things that are important, but aren't urgent. And right when we flip the percentage of times that are being spent so that at least 60, 70% is in the dimension of fulfillment, then life changes. Yeah. And I, I know that um, the metrics between, you know, like also, I guess thinking what's, what's urgent or important is like, well, we declare it is, you know, right. In a way. Uh, yeah. And, but that, that's the beauty of having this roadmap, this plan is that depending on what your goals are, so your 90 day goals or your 30 day goals or even your weekly goals is what's going to determine what's urgent and what's not. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that I constantly um, try to work out for my own business. Um, I do think everybody's like that. Do you, are you like that? Are you always constantly going back between like, I wonder what's my like important and not urgent activities for like, do you have a system for that for yourself? Uh, I, I do, but it's just, I label it slightly differently. So for me, I, I just happen to know because I've done the work and I've got clear on it. And I ask myself, right, what's the stuff that I love doing mm -hmm. that I could do any time of the day? And it's coaching, speaking, creating content, build, building relationships. Mm -hmm. you know, so this for me is building a relationship. Like, I want to do this. I'm yeah. serving people. Yeah. I'm not coaching them, but I'm maybe giving them an idea or something. So I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm game, you know, podcast yeah. interviews, I, I love doing them or any form of interview. But um, if, if someone turned around and said to me, um, Will, you've got to fix the printer. I'd be like, I, no, like someone <laughs> else can do that. You know, I've, yeah. I've got no interest in fixing the printer. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that, that's that. So I, yeah. that that's kind of how I define it. You know, is I, I get clear right. What are the things that I want to do? Because if you don't fill your day with high priority activities, your day gets filled with low priority activities. So right. I choose what are my high priority activities. Um, you might have seen the Stephen Covey rocks video on YouTube. It's a great video. If you haven't, then just type Stephen Covey rocks video, but they, they basically talk about rocks in a jar. You know, if you yep, put, yep. If, you put, if you put all the sand in the jar and then the pebbles and the boulders, it doesn't fit yep. in, but you put the rocks in, then the pebbles in the sand, yep. it will fit in. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And by the way, I just, um, I just gave this analogy on, on clubhouse the other day. Um, when people asked about like, how do you achieve more? Right. And, and it's all about that. Right. Obviously we all have 24 hours in the day. 
But if you look at people like Tony Robbins, I know you, you, he was a big influence on you, right? Um, he has 57 businesses. Mm. Pretty crazy. And, and then we tend to think of our time and what we can achieve as this plastic or even sometimes glass vase of you know, what we can achieve. But we're not, it's, it's the wrong way of looking at things. Our time is not set in like a glass space or glass jar. It's basically an elastic you know, made out of rubber, ever elasting, ever stretching, you know, jar that we can push more into if we just do it right. And, you know, we put the right rocks in place, the right pebbles, right? Um, and then we can get to the level of like, you know, 57 businesses, you know, we can get to a level of like way more than we know that we can do in a day. Um, and I think that's something very interesting to see, like time as an illusion and overwhelm as an illusion as well, um, right? I mean, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just want to be, you know, 100% honest and say, you know, I'm dealing with these kind of things as well, um, all, all the time. And, and look, I, I, I think that the difference is, as do I, right? But the, the difference is, is that we're doing it because we're leveling up, you know, so this is what we said before, remember, we said right at the beginning about mindsets, as you grow and evolve, those things have to change. So there's something we find something that works. Mm -hmm. It works to us to a point, but then we grow and we grow and we grow and we go, ah, oh, actually we need to change this. We need to tweak this. We need to yeah. evolve this. Um, and it's that evolution phase of, as soon as you realize yep, this isn't working, right. What do we need to do in business? It's like, right, we've grown to our capacity. Now, if we yeah. keep doing this, we're going to, we're going to break. So what do we need? We need to bring in a new start member of staff or you go to a certain point, you go, actually, we now need a new layer of management to look after those staff that we've got. Because if we keep trying to do what we're doing, we go, but, but it worked. It worked for us once, you know? Yeah. yeah. And and so did crawling on the floor once when you were one years old. That worked for you as a trans mode of transport. But then all of a sudden you realize you could get somewhere quicker and faster by getting up and walking. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, that's getting even into um, management and uh, and leadership as well. But um, I want to just go back quickly, and we we talk about clarity. Let's talk about action for a sec. Mm -hmm. um, what's your strategy around action? So for, for me, it's it's intelligent action, and mm -hmm. like a, a, a lot of the Americans and Tony's probably partly to blame for this. The whole like massive action, take massive action. You know, it's like right, I've got to be doing something. But I'm I'm Frank a bit yeah right so but I'm, I'm a big believer that activity is not productivity mm -hmm. so what what is the most effective action effective action is productivity basically so that might be um delegating the task rather than actually doing it mm -hmm. um that might be training the person rather than doing it um it, it, intelligent action is action that's aligned to your value so doing the high priority activities not the low priority activities should be um, activities that's that's the intelligent action um and yeah break break it down you know I, I think too many people try to take action on goals rather than taking action on actions and for me an, an action is something that you can control in your entirety so let's say you're in sales for example if the goal is to do i don't know i'm making the number up a thousand pound sale right yeah. You, you you go right well I'm, I'm waiting on prospect a you know they're going to come back to me that's what i'm waiting on you can't control what prospect a decides but what you can do is you can control how many prospects you create as a result of the amount of phone calls or messages that you send so control the controllables um, when it comes to action
Love that. Love that. And, and we're talking mostly about um, when you're growing to delegate, right? I mean, when you're growing, you have to understand what you're here, what you're here to do and what you're not here to do. Um, and that's something that I'm, I'm really, I'm always learning. I'm like always kind of thinking, wait, where <laughs> I have so much to do. What can I delegate? Um, and who do I need to hire next? And um, it's been pretty crazy. I, in just in the past, I guess, month, I switched like three different video editors um, in one VA role that didn't really work out. Um, and um, another one, which was a marketing guy for another business of mine, didn't work out. All these things were like, just January was crazy for in, in that direction, like hiring everybody at once. Well, um, but it was great because I found great people. Um, but now still, it's like always thinking, okay, what you shouldn't be doing, how you can take actions to be on your actions. Like you said, I think it's great. Too many people take actions on goals rather than taking actions on their action. I love that. Mm. <laughs> quote. Uh, all right. So um, yeah, we're going to tweet it out, Will. Um, so um, all right, cool. So um, and one thing I have about uh, that I work with my clients on, and maybe you do this as well as manifesting. I don't know if you're big on that or not. Some people are totally against it. But I, I always say the law of taking action comes with the law of attraction and you can't have it any other way. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, completely agree. How do you, how do you teach your clients to manifest? Mm -hmm. So, for, for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, I'll, I'll I'll bring this up, right? So, this is my, so I, I literally cover this. In my I have a two day workshop that I run, um, and the very last piece that we talk about the of, of the two days, it's what I call the sort of the I call it the make it happen formula, but it's the manifestation formula if you like. So nice. ultimately, there's there's a, a number of different things. So purpose, uh -huh. thought, vision. So visualization, affirmations, feeling it, mm -hmm. writing about it in space and time, taking persistent action on matter. So the the doing part we just spoke about, um, being grateful, and then there's one key piece that most people fail on, and this piece in my in, in my opinion, it's like the final hurdle in a, everyone's run the whole race and they fall at the final hurdle. Yeah. And this last piece is deserve level. So deserve if people, level. yeah, if people don't feel that they deserve it, mm. they won't get it. So they'll Got take it. action. They'll do the affirmations. They'll do the vision in they'll, they'll, Got they'll it. write about it. They'll, 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 they'll go, but this is my why. And they'll talk about it. But if they don't feel they deserve it, then it's not going to happen. All right. And how do you get to feel you deserve it? So the, so bringing it back. So I, I don't know, have you ever read um, Power Versus Force? No. Dr. David Hawkins, a great book, Power Versus okay. Force by Dr. David Hawkins. And he talks about the map of consciousness. And the map of consciousness is essentially um, a combination of, it, it, it measures emotions on a logarithmic scale. And the, the lowest energy by scientifically measured is guilt and shame. So guilt is when you perceive to have done something more negative than positive to someone else. Shame is when you perceive to have done something more negative than positive to yourself. And that works all the way right up to enlightenment, which is sort of the highest frequency. Mm -hmm. um, and um, the, 
so deserve level is if if you perceive to have had shame or guilt or are going to have shame or guilt as a result of manifesting the thing into your life then you won't bring it into your life that's what it comes what it comes down to so nice. um, can you can you repeat that sentence yeah so if if you um if you have guilt or shame in your life for having done something or perceive to have guilt or shame for achieving the thing that you want, mm. you won't manifest it into your life. Ah, oh, my father. Uh, that's genius. I love that. I'm just like thinking like how this applies to a lot of things that kind of connect of me not starting what I kind of started already and, yeah. and thinking that you know, I can't be a coach. Who am I? You know, I have a life. Just, you know, who, who am I? I just, I just first, you know, started my six-figure business. Who am I to teach others how to do that? And it's not right. And I've been actually told that by other people, like some seven-figure people telling me, like, you can't really teach people business, man. Like, you're not in business. Like, you're just six figures. Um, and I was like, yeah, maybe I should wait until I get to seven and then I can. So, so here's my perspective on this. There's a difference between coaching and mentoring, as you know, right? Do I think that there's a lack of integrity if you haven't had a seven-figure business and you're telling people how to run a seven-figure business? Yeah, I would maybe argue that's the case. Right. But if you're sharing your knowledge and wisdom and, and experience with people that are where you once was, then I don't see there's anything wrong with that. If it's directly as a teacher, you know, as a mentor, I, I actually encourage people to create what I call an MPM group. So to have a group of people that a third of which are mentors, so people that are further ahead than them, a group of people that are peers, so that they're at their level, they're or thereabouts to help challenge them and keep them on their toes. Mm -hmm. And then a third of people that are mentees, people that are a few steps behind them that they can support. And a third, third, third in each of those different people. So yeah, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna go out and you're doing what you're doing, if you're gonna be sharing with people to get you to that want to get to where you are, because there's people right now that are looking at you going, come man, I'd love to be where he is. Right. I think any any one of us have like the us three years ago kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm also looking at it in that way, in a way. And and every year as an entrepreneur, right? It's kind of like seven years of a regular human, I guess, uh, once you're a business owner, right? It's like, you learn so much. Um, and, but then again, I'm like, always kind of like, have I still not cracked it? You know, like I have a few businesses, um, like three businesses, two are like high six figures. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking about how do I, um, but still, like you, you, there's so many seven figures, eight figures people out there, right? Who are great. What, so, what, what I would encourage you to do is, okay, let me share a quick story with you. A couple of years ago, I climbed a, a mountain in, um, well, it's some sort of the France, Switzerland border called Mont Blanc. Mm. And the whole time, like I, I decided here in England, I'm going to climb Mont Blanc. So I'd look at the pictures of Mont Blanc. Like, oh, wow, that's such a high mountain. Mm. I then flew out to France. Mm. I stayed in Chamonix. I looked up at the Mont Blanc. Like, wow, Mont Blanc, that's so high up. You know, I start out in the day, they take you to a place called La Houche. So you're up another thousand feet. You start the, start the trek. Car, look at the top of Mont Blanc. It's so far up. 
I walk another thousand um, meters up and then I'm looking up and I'm wow, look how far it up. But this time I look down and those cars that sort of driving into Chamonix are like ants now. Yeah. I walk another 500 meters up and all of a sudden I look down and like I'm above the clouds. Clouds, right. And then I keep walking up. Next thing you know, there's planes going by at my eye level, right? And I keep walking up. Eventually I get to the top. But even when I was 10 minutes away from the summit of the mountain, the top still seemed like ages away. But it was only when I stopped and turned around to realize how far I'd come. Mm. Right. And I, I think that particularly people that are ambitious, of which you are, so many of us are so focused on looking at the top of the mountain that we forget to turn around and see how far we've come. Right. I think also, I, I totally agree with that. I, there's also something about, um, like, we tend to be six months um, ahead of where we think we are always, right? Kind of like we always perceive ourselves, even like, you know, in on a low spot of where we were six months ago, you know? Um, and I think it's totally true. Um, and I, so I think in a way, just the, the thing that I still have left to crack is those kind of beliefs in me, you know, like you, you sparked that in me. I'm like, you know, and also one, one other thing that I have going on is, and I know we're going to, we're going to wrap this up soon, everybody, but, um, uh, just one thing that I still have left is the fact that I figured out I'm not like, I'm not going to be a business coach or someone who's like really kind of like just grow your business or something like as hard facts kind of thing or hard skills. Um, it's I'm more around the mindset as well. I'm more around the spiritual journey than the actual, you know, um, um, strategies or let's say. Um, and how do you deal with that when there are so many like as well, right? Like there's amazing mindset coaches. Um so what you just said there, I, I believe that becoming an entrepreneur, when you burn the boats and, and become an entrepreneur, is the ultimate spiritual journey. Right. Think about like the level of uncertainty that we have to deal with, the amount of challenge that we have to come up against, the, the, the resilience and the, 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 the attributes that we have to have. Most people go their whole life without having the feelings that we might go through in a weak and and it's it's crazy so um i I think that that is a very important part and um i I think that i I truly believe that that you you, you're in business you're in design you know the power of niching and all that fun stuff and and whatever and the the bottom line is when you get really really clear on who you want to serve there'll be a market for it you know there'll be a there'll be a market for it and like the what, what a lot of people go well i've got to wait for people to come to me think about it right in nature if if there's a flower that hasn't bloomed it doesn't have a load of bees waiting around it going come on open come on like we we, we want you to open up now <laughs> yeah. flower blooms and the bees come mm-hmm. yep. it's just down to you to decide what sort of flower you want to be Definitely, man. Love that. And we'll end on that note. I mean, we talked about um, clarity and vision, and then we talked about action and uh, manifestation. And, um, and also we talked about um, the, the, your deserve level. We talked about, um, you know, understanding your forces and blooming the flower. And now the last part is accountability. So everybody, um, first of all, I want you to go and check out 
Will's website. And I think for your website is make it happen. Um, dot co dot uk make it happens with dashes um you're also uh, what's your handle on instagram will uh, at will polston at will polston so everybody just please take a snapshot of this episode right now we found value in it just share it on your stories tag at will polston and tag sagi schreiber also tag commit dot first just tag us we'll share it on ours we want to see that you got value out of this session and um whether you're watching this on youtube or listening to this on spotify or itunes whatever just we want to know that you're there and um we're going to end by by I, i know that we talked before and you said you have a quiz right yeah i've got a fulfillment quiz so there's a, a 40 question quiz that people can go through which will help identify what areas that they're get, maybe getting stuck on that they're unaware of and give them specific actions and suggestions of things to do that will will help nudge them along along on that journey I love that. And, and uh, last time there was a quiz here or like an assessment. It was by Dr. Ryan Godfordson. Do you know Dr. Ryan Godfordson? No, no. He has a book called Success Mindsets. Really, really great. Um, so he's talking about the four types of mindsets. And um, I, I, you have to meet him. You have to connect. I can connect between you two. But I think you'll be an amazing connection. Um, but it was one of the best uh, plugs of this podcast, I think, like just to send people to that assessment. I got so many replies from that. So, uh, everybody go to make it happen quiz.com and, uh, you can take the assessment that basically the quiz and, and get to know where you need to improve on. Uh, Will, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show. Uh, very happy to have met you over in clubhouse. Like a lot of the yeah, yeah. people that came into my life recently. So, um, dude, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you very much. All right. Ciao.